Robinson. Care for a rubdown. I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Something special is about to happen. Are you waiting to receive my lift penis? Very G'day Rubbers, welcome back to the Weekly Rubdown, a podcast that rubs down everything NRL Supercoach Draft. You are listening to the Mid-Season Injury Rubdown. I'm your host Natty, with me as always riding shotgun in the rub is the stats wizard himself, Booker the Weasel. What's going on, mate? Oh, I'm back in the top six. It's um, it's a good place to be. It's been it's been a, a few weeks in the doldrums, um, a few very late snatched um, losses. Uh, but yeah, back into it. Um, obviously, had a had a couple of weeks off uh, going up to Brizzy. Went up to a wedding. Busy, bro. Busy, busy, busy. All, nothing stopped with Patreon. Everything was still going. Um, did miss the uh, the TLT takeaways, but yeah, that's back in force tomorrow. Yeah, a little bit and, of a yeah. mid-season sort of halt for the weekly rub down. And th- if, this if is you get, if you're going to miss one, it's going to be the buy rounds. Around the buy rounds, 100. Like and games. this is the the beauty of being a Patreon subscriber. You still get all the stat sheets, even if we aren't able to put out a podcast giving you all the matchups for the round that's upcoming. All the stats, all their black and white. Fucking, you can read it yourself and keep on carrying on with your business. You don't miss a step. So that's what you get as a subscriber. But yeah, busy time for me as well, man. Um, obviously, still winning Supercoach games. Uh, I'm coming first. Burgling, burgling. Leading, leading the league at the moment. All is not right in, in the not, world not in now. Point scored though, not in points scored. <laughs> oh shit! Do, do they take? Do they drop you on the ladder for that? Do they? No, they don't they do, do that. The, they oh. do if you're on the same amount of points. Ah, so. Number one still, baby. Um, and, yeah. oh, mate, it was talking to you in the green room before we pressed record. Mm. I had my little girl's birthday. And for all the dads out there, you know what I'm about to fucking talk about. And that is the assembly of all the toys. Now, oh. toys are fucking complicated these days. And you actually do need to read instructions. So with my handy Allen key that they were, they expect you to put... 17,000 pieces together with this one single Allen key. I've literally for a week now I've just been putting shit together. Kate Kate bought my wife. Kate she bought uh, a dollhouse. In all honesty, I could move into the fucking thing. <laughs> There's a bed in this dollhouse that's bigger than my bed. Do you have do you have like a claw grip now cuz you're always you having to hold onto that little fucking Allen key? I am a fucking surgeon. With a fucking <laughs> Allen key, they'll start calling it a natty key soon. That's a how fucking that's wow. how fucking good I am at it. But so that's literally all I've been doing. So yeah, it's been busy. So apologies, guys. Obviously, the content, the free content, hasn't been up to scratch. But we are about to start ramming it down your throats. And if you are a rub down listener from old and OG, you know that sort of around this time of the year we start gearing up with our strength strength of schedule stuff looking at the the grand finals really gearing you up to finals or whether you want to run into the finals it's we sort of take a little bit of a back step step from the normal matchup rub down that we do every week and start prepping for the finals so we've got a really good podcast coming up tonight with 
Brian Sini, the NRL physio, to have a look at all the injuries that are happening at the moment, guys that are coming back from injuries, your traps due to injuries, or guys you're going to want to target um, that present a little bit of value that guys might think because that you know they're injured. Guys like Latrell, like will be asking Brian, is there value in targeting Latrell at the moment with his calf injuries, stuff like that. So it's going to be fucking gold. And then next week, we're going to dive straight into uh, a strength of schedule podcast, all to do with the round 23 to 26 system, grand uh, final system, and go through all the nuts and bolts, all the games, the best players to target, the best blokes to flip, just a real in-depth rub down a deep tissue fucking rub down of the round 23 to 26 final system and the reason we do that one is because it's our final system and it's the most popular final system but it's also to show you how to go about looking at all the stat sheets that are available on the patreon to read them in order to prep for your final so if you are the system where your grand finals round 27, you listen to this podcast, you're going to get a good feel about how to read those stat sheets, yeah? Yeah, and, and look, a, a lot of the stuff for, for patrons, Patreon subscribers, um, they'll already have seen it because we, we have released it a few times already um, with updated stats uh, as the year goes by. And yeah, like everyone's everyone's frothing up. We've got a new, um, new setup with uh, what we've pulled together for The Wire, which is the flip and fetch sheets, which give you an indication of who to flip, who to fetch, um, so who to who to try to sell and who to try to buy, and yeah, it's, it helps plan your trades, helps plan your finals. Um, yeah, so this is the fucking business end, people. Yes. This is the pointy Tip end of the sphere. Now, and if you're if you're sitting pretty, if you're if you know that you're going to be in finals, which look, I know that you struggled for most of the year, look with your injuries and such, but everyone knows you're good enough to make the finals and you will be there and you will. Mm. So yep. now's the time to start looking at those final systems, especially if you've got a team like myself that doesn't have a lot of upside, I'm really going to have to lean on matchups. I'm going to have to bring mm. in guys that have the best statistical matchup to try and snag that upside. Yeah, you can't like just... Like- you look at your team, and yes, it's strong across the park. But there's no, there's no guys that you go, oh, well, I can, I can captain him safely for maybe a two hundred. It's a, um, yeah, you got your, your Harry Grant's your best player, and yeah, he'll he'll set and forget captain. But if you get under against the Hines guy, you might be in a bit of Barney Rubble. Exactly. So I'm going to, I personally, I, I'm going to go through all these stat sheets, and I'm going to go through them with a fine tooth comb under a mice microscope and try and pick up guys that I can get free agent waiver whatever it is that I know have really sexy matchups and you guys should be doing the same thing you should be studying right now because by the time final starts it's going to be too late and you might have missed the boat because someone else has done the same thing done the study done the prep and jumped the gun and got these guys into their team so that's why we like to do it so early because we want you guys to have enough time to prep and and make these moves that we're talking about yeah, I was going to say it is something you do need to jump on in the next few weeks. It's yep. it's not something you can wait until round twenty and you can sort it out. Then no, no, that that's too late. People are already actively thinking about finals by then, and um, in all the final systems, they'll start round twenty two at, at the at the latest. So, yeah, you got to be thinking about that. Hundred percent, man. And yeah, look, it's really it's the only place that you can 
you can do it. The Weekly Rub Down, Patreon, Stats Lab. It's the only place that you can log on there and have all the stats at your fingertips to adequately prep for your finals. You're not pissing in the wind. This is fucking... It's all guesswork, obviously, because there is an element of luck to it, but this is... The well, best it gives, you, it gives you the best percentage of picking correctly, um, because yeah, we we base it we base it, it on the, we base it on the def- defensive team's um, deficiencies or strengths, um, defending against specific positions. So whether they're left center, left left wing, left to RF, or vice versa, um, specific to that position. So it is actually relevant to to those spots. So if there's a if there's a defensive frailty or or issue in their defensive systems it shows up in the stats yeah so it, the, yeah the strength of schedule uh finals rub down is one you're not going to want to miss guys and i'll try and do some some videos going through how to read those stat sheets and how to come up with certain guys that you can pick off off waivers or free agents or targeting trades just to give you a better understanding of how to follow that rabbit down the fucking rabbit hole and come up with some absolute gold so before we get into the podcast with brian i'll just reiterate that over the next few weeks so next week is going to be the strength of schedule finals then we'll probably have the wire uh i'll head down that's going to be around early july We'll head down to Sydney, do the wire with the uh, NRL, the regular guru, sorry. And uh, we'll be ha- jumping into Supercoach Survivor, which is going to be fucking fantastic. Cannot Can- wait. Cannot wait so for good. that one. So uh, and then the week after, we'll do the GF matchups rub down, which is going to be round 25, round 26, round 27, really diving deep, 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 deep rub into those specific three rounds so that you guys can get a good look at your grand final and how teams are starting to stack up and how players are stacking up for those rounds so that it's not too late. We want you to get a good fucking head start on it and then we'll start getting into the normal rubs after that. So really few big weeks coming up for the rub. Um, and look, if you're not if you're not subscribing to the Patreon, uh, and you know you you're looking out for those matchups rubs. Unfortunately, we don't have enough time to do all this back end stuff and do the normal matchups rubs. So the best way to do it, jump on five bucks a month. It's fucking cheap as chips. All the stats are on there, and you can read it for yourself. Yeah, and look, you can dip in, dip out. You're not locked in or anything like that. You in out, five bucks. in other, out, other in out, out in out, in out, in out, in just as quick as you like. Yep. Quick as you like. All right, let's get into the mid-season injury rubdown with Brian Sini, a.k.a. the NRL physio. You. Oh, baby. He's injured, in fact. I suffered a bad case of syndesmosis. The most common is a direct blow to the head. Also, the pec injury can come into play. Oh, the best one. Collateral, collateral ligament. Perhaps you could toss me a band-aid or some antibacterial cream. Get up, tough it out, you'll be right. Okay, Brian. Welcome back to the weekly rubdown, mate. You got the hands nice and warm, all all oiled up, ready for another big rub. Boys, they're they're a little bit rough at the moment. I was talking to you off air. I'm currently <laughs> moving house, so doing uh, doing stuff outside of uh, massages and tickles and rubs, as uh, people <laughs> like to say, with physios lifting boxes and furniture and all that kind of shit. Just so alpha male oh, those, shit. Those soft, oh. those soft, supple hands. They That's- wouldn't be wouldn't be handling it exactly right mate splinters all over the place but uh no glad glad to sit down and talk some draft that's for sure busy time of the year mate how are you going in your draft leagues because i know you've got about 17 leagues yeah mate like i feel like last year i should have just stuck to what i did last year because last year i went right 
like life's busy. I'm going to drop back. So I dropped back. I think it was only two or three I did last year. And then this year I thought, oh, no, I've got more time. Like I'll jump back in. And it is not going well. Like I I, I was – because I saw on the run sheet you guys sort of had the questions about how my draft like leagues are going. So, of course, you go through all six of them. And it's just been shit, to be honest. Like the top two leagues, which are my home league, and I'm in a high stakes like $200 entry league as well. And I really go hard with those. But all the others, like I just – like stupid shit, which I really look at now, like after you guys ask this question. And I'm like – Man, like you have really let the ball drop there. Like missing waivers. Like in one league, I think it was the we started a um, magic sponge for our podcast. We started a league. I let Jeremiah Nanai go off waivers after me. Like someone dropped him midweek, and I like I'm usually the guy. I'm like you guys are. I'm sure who's like checking the waivers, who's on the pulse, all that kind of stuff. Mate, I had like the second waiver and I just completely missed it. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Like that is just, and I'm like not doing well in that league. So I, there's a, there, I'm in about six leagues in four of them, not good at all. But my two main ones, I'm in second in my home league and first in the 200 oh. league. So I'm already counting how I'm going to spend that two grand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there, so we'll see how we go. Mate, if it makes you feel any better. I'm just in two, so home league, the lovers league, and the listener league for the weekly rubdown, and I can't even get my head around fucking having two. Like, I I brought in Matt Lodge on the weekend because I thought he was playing. That's how fucking – I was rattle stations, and he didn't play. I was like, hang on, fuck, what have I done here? Like, yeah. I, it's just too, it's too much. And you well, got kids and working and fuck. The Legends League played on the weekend. I didn't even realize. Yeah. Like, they played the bye. And and I looked at the league this morning, like, to look at this, and I'm like, oh, fuck. It played on the weekend. <laughs> I didn't even know. And I'm like, oh, and I lost. And I'm like, oh, man, like, just, just put a fork in me in some of those leagues. But especially if you live and breathe your home league, like, yeah. it's, hard, it's hard to put any other time into other leagues because you just – I, I mean, you guys would know, like, you're just on it all the time. You're on the, the site looking at, yes, when do waivers clear? Who's who's brought – what trades are happening? Okay, fuck, what free How agents do I bring in? scenarios can I put through my head? Yeah, just <laughs> on the shitter for, like – Two and a half hours. Oh, my, little girl, my little girl's like banging on the door. Daddy, I'm hungry. I haven't eaten in so long. In a minute, honey, I just, fuck, yeah. Do I bring him in? Shit. It's just, yeah. So any other league gets zero attention from me. Yeah, I'm sla- I, I'm usually pretty good. Like I have, if you go back like two or three years, I was good. I, I'm just, I just, I think I just have to accept that I'm like a two or three league guy now. I yep. think like that's yeah. my thing. I think uh, moving forward, like, yeah, like, yeah. I, I mean, two or three in terms of like seriously doing well and taking it seriously because the other ones just fall away, unfortunately. Yeah. What's the nature of it? You can only spend so much time, especially if you're, if you're like yourself and you're killing it in classic again. Oh, um, you know, I'm, I, look, I've I've always said I'm a classic expert, boys. Uh, <laughs> so glad to see I'm uh, I'm on top there a- again as well. Until you drop rankings and then you're back into draft. 
Oh, mate, like it's the joke on the pod every week. Like, I go from being a draft expert to a classic expert, depending on how my week went. But once again, like, and I'm saying it now, we're even like, because we talk about classic on ours and we're talking about like trades and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, fuck it, just burn all your trades. Like I'm in like a thousandth, I think at the moment, but I'm not going to win. Like if you're in a thousandth, you're not going to win at this mm. point. Everyone's teams are that similar. You make sure, mm. yeah. you know, and if you say you have a big score, like say I score 1400 next week and, and the guy in first scored 1,200. There's probably like 50 people between me and the guy who scored first who also scored 1,400, right? So yeah. it's just- Or 1,500. Yeah. So so you just burn your trades, have fun. That's like yeah. you know, that's what draft's about for me is having fun. And, you know, so that's what I'm doing in Classic and it's going, going well so far. Nice, bro. And talking of the Patreon, mate, you want to give it a plug, give the potty a plug, let us know what you're doing, where they can find you, all that jazz. Yeah, 100%. Magic Sponge Pod on Sunday nights. Been going really good. James, uh, one, like fellow physio, he's first in my home league at the moment. So that's, you know, we might bring him in on the uh, on, on the pod anytime soon because I don't <laughs> want to hear about him boasting or anything like that. But me and him sit down on a Sunday night and pretty much just talk through all, a lot of the stuff that we're about to talk through on a weekly basis. Um, and not only that, like, especially for like people in draft, which are, are the people on, you know, listening to this show, you're going to get that information on a Sunday night, Monday morning, you know, nice and early ready to go for your waivers and those kind of things. So mm. the guys on the patron then get a further update on Tuesday nights after team list. So I do an update to the casualty ward every Tuesday night after team list. So the patrons, if, if you jump over to patreon.com slash NRL physio, you'll then get sort of after the team list an even further analysis. But look, even if you don't want to jump on the patron, listen to the pod because you're going to get, we go through every injured player. We talk about the implications, not only for those players, but then like, you know, players who might benefit from it as well. So, and you're getting it from myself, but James, you know, he's no slouch either. I, I, I call him the super coach expert. I think I'm better than he is, but you know, we like to fight about that. It's, it's always good to just give him a little bit of a tap on the ass. Do you know what I mean? Like, come on. I've got to get him to give you give up his Sunday night somehow. So I thought I'd <laughs> juice him up. I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, awesome. I never miss the podcast, mate. It's a great start to the week. Obviously, yeah. hit yours on Monday. Then usually you got the weekly rub down on Tuesday. The bloke in a bar review is comes out Monday, Tuesday as well. Those three podcasts get me going, and then just rock into the round each each week. The one-two punch from NRL Physio, Magic Sponge, and the Weekly Rubdown. I mean, please. What more do you need, boys? Draft. If you're not winning your draft leagues with that sort of combo in the Patreon, please. You know, you're doing something wrong. It's like JT to Cooper. It's your fault. Like, if if you're a subscriber on both our Patreons and you're not winning your draft league, you have to look at yourself in the mirror. I I can't say it any other clearer than that. Like, you're doing something wrong. You're not listening to us properly, obviously. Yeah, of course. All right. So what we do here on the injury rubs, obviously, we go through head to toe through the injuries. We talk about guys when they're expected to return. And then, Brian, obviously, you put your spin on about how you expect them to return, their return to performance, and your draft take on it. So this is this is your chance to get all that draft dribble out that you've been holding back on your podcast. Now's the time to get it all out. You have the floor. Go as long as you want. We fucking love it. Hook it to our veins. All the draft people that are listening love it as well. So free reign, my friend. 
I'm, I'm, yeah, juicing on the chair right now, mate. <laughs> get a drip tray. Someone get him a drip tray. Now, before we get into it, crack them if you got them. Oh, yeah. Need to lubricate the old tonsils. Oh, that's good. It's good. All right. Let's kick it off with the head, concussion area, jaw, that type of thing. So, obviously, you've got Appy Corusau with a broken jaw and Luke Keery on the weekend who... After your post, Brian, looks like it's just going to be a facial injury, like a bruising or something on the bone, if you want to clear that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he um, he's had that previous – I'm not sure if many people know this, actually, So because it ended up being the concussion that kind of kicked off all his issues was in a pre-season, oh. I think – Look, I want to say like maybe 2018, 2019. I haven't got that exactly right or I haven't checked that exactly. But he actually suffered a fractured jaw in training at the Roosters and it kind of got lost to the fact that he suffered a fractured jaw because that also caused a concussion, which forced him like he had lingering concussion symptoms for like months afterwards. And so the big thing to come out of that was obviously, oh my God, concussion and blah, blah, blah. But he also has had that jaw fracture which required surgery so he's got a plate in there the issue with a plate being anywhere whether it's in the jaw um on an arm you know we've got guys like edrick lee who who had sort of a fracture repaired in his forearm and then had the plate put in you can have like recurring issues if you cop a blow to that area as much as the plate helps if you kind of hit on the edge of the plate, so where there's bone like edging onto metal, because there's like a difference a difference in the sort of, I guess, toughness of those two structures, you can kind of almost get the edge of the plate like jamming on the bone. It can cause like irritation and issues. So it sounds like he's copped a blow to the exact spot where that plate is. Thankfully, he has had two scans, which has showed he's avoided a fracture, but he does have a hematoma, which is bruising over the plate, which can get pretty sensitive. Um, mm. uh, like one that you can think back to is Tommy Turbo a couple of years ago. He copped a blow, same thing. He'd had a previous plate. Then there was kind of, oh, there might be a small fracture. Oh, the plate might be loose, that kind of thing. So it's not super simple in terms of, I think I said on my pod last night, like if he suffered a, an injury like this to his face where he didn't have a plate, he'd just be playing next week. But because there's a plate there, he he's a chance of this week. Uh, but yeah, either this week or next week is more than likely not much of a worry for him moving forward as such. Definitely something to monitor in terms of like if he cops another blow to the area, then you'd really start to worry. But yeah, if, you, if you're if you a Kiri owner in draft, I don't think you're too, well, you're not doing too well at this point in time, but you're also <laughs> all, that, all that concerned. Appy, the broken jaw, I think is a big one for drafters. Like, like you're not going to see him for, you know, another four or five weeks probably, um, which is a killer leading into the finals. Mm-hmm. Like 21, 22. And that's, yeah, it's a bit of a barren sentence. spot. And, and I think have the, t- the Tigers got to buy sort of some time around then as well. So, you know, it's um, – yeah, that that's a that's a real killer. Like you don't very rarely see guys come back early from broken jaws, unfortunately. Yeah, right. Um, so what we have with Jake Simpkin, he's been scoring pretty good at that hooking spot. So if he's available out there on freeze or waivers, definitely worth a pickup. Over, you're going to get good minutes out of him over the next sort of five six weeks. You mm. reckon, Brian? Well, see, I thought so. Like, and he scored well. He scored forty nine points on the weekend, but he only played forty eight minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah, that young kid looked at. pretty good, though. 
He, he did. He, look, he it, like, and that's the thing. I'm like, you know, like I almost jumped on Simpkin in a couple of leagues and burnt some waivers where I'm a bit sort of low on that um, in the hooking position. But I'm kind of looking at it now like, oh, 48 minutes. Like if that's what he's getting week in, week out, I'm not expecting him to score 49 points. Like, he's not no. the type of type of guy to get a good PPM either. No, so, that's what I mean, if he yeah. even if he was playing, like I want him playing sixty to sixty five minutes. If I'm picking him up, to be perfectly honest, so mm-hmm. yeah, that De Silva good. got thirty two minutes, so that's enough to really kick you in the dick if you have Simkin. That's for sure. If he continues that, all it is is just a lack of attacking stats, and he's he's dropping a twenty or thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. We can leave him through to the keeper. Uh, <laughs> Any other uh, concussion issues or head injuries that you want to cover here before we move on? I know, obviously, uh, you, you were really low on KP before the season started. Uh, don't give away, don't give away my my, my uh, secrets for the <laughs> for the uh, final questions. You know, let's not jump. Oh, let's not God. jump too far forward. I love teasers. I really not, do. Not gonna not gonna talk about the money. Uh, concussion that wasn't a concussion. Oh, apparently. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, think, I think I spent, what did I read time the other day? It was like 17 minutes on our pod, <laughs> just about the farcical situation around all the concussion stuff. Or what, who was the guy this week? Um, Harrison Edwards apparently got knocked out, but then um, because he passed the test the next day, it wasn't a concussion, according to Gus. Or, like just something yeah. ridiculous at the moment. Gus, he loves a hot I mean, take like that, though. Look, like not good for player players welfare at the moment mm. but great for drafters because I mean people are getting you know getting players back like Tommy Turbo played when he probably shouldn't have by the you know rules and then we're getting the Reed Marnie's back these kind of things so it seems like if teams are going to take more risks with or you know go shorter with it you're going to have you guys playing a little bit more my query would be is that the re-injury risk probably increases mm. in situations so mm. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah it's and in a contact sport it's you're not doing yourself a service because you could have an issue like Kiri did. Yeah, 100%. Out for, out for multiple weeks. It's like any rule in professional sports, though. If they leave any area for loopholes to be found and they find it, you know you're going to go backwards. And that's oh, what's yeah. happened. There's loopholes that are found in the descriptions, the Category 1, the timeframes coming back, everything oh, they've found. Also, is- also how, how it's been applied is a bit. <laughs> they've lost. found all the loopholes and now they're just like, oh, fuck, okay, we're just going to have to revisit this next year. Cats out of the bag, boys. It's happening. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's keep moving down the body here. So we've got JMK with an AC joint injury here. Uh, He's nearing a return, probably will play this week, they reckon. What are your thoughts on JMK? Yeah, I, like, I'm a bit hesitant on him. I don't like AC joint injuries, just like I don't like rib, sternum injuries on mm. in middle forwards. Um, yep. they're, they're injuries that guys can play through um, by all means, and we saw it with JMK before, you know, before the bye. Like, he, he, he was named, he played the first half, and then aggravated the AC joint and missed the whole second half. And this is pretty typical for these kind of like pain management issues. Now I will say, obviously the week off would have done him the world of good. So mm. like, that's great to have a week yeah. where there's no contact, all that kind of stuff, but it doesn't absolve his injury risk moving forward. And JMK is going to be on one of my lists later um, in the final <laughs> two, uh, which once again, teases all over the mm. place. 
but yeah. he's certainly not someone who I'm crazy about over the next, uh, it, like usually this kind of injury will last even in best case, the re- like the aggravation risk is there for like two to four weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, and in a position like that where you're down making tackles, yeah, that's that's yeah, not well, a good he makes sign. he makes 40, 45, 50 tackles yeah. a game. So his shoulder is one, getting a workout. I, I own him in one leg and I am very concerned about it. So Uh-oh. shit. Start shopping, baby. Yes. Um the other one here is the cheese with a broken thumb looking at a return around round seventeen to nineteen. Now he's an interesting one, Cheese, because he has been well underwhelming yeah. this season. Like we weren't big on him in the preseason. We were telling everyone he's a trap. Uh, everyone's hyped up on him just because of his namesake. So we told everyone to stay away. So if you're listening to this podcast and you own him, you didn't listen or you didn't listen well enough. But they look get on the, get on the Terps. They they look a lot better with Turpin. Much mm-hmm. more direct. Much I more mean, safe. I mean, they still look shit. Yeah, yeah. They're <laughs> let's, not. Let's be let's be fair. Yeah, but a lot better with Turpin. At nine, that's for sure. Yeah. So, they do look, seem like a different team. Don't I'd they? be even, I'd be worried that even if he, after he comes back from his broken thumb, Brian, that they don't play him at nine anyway. Oh, 100%. I like, I was just about to say, like, I, I see a situation, although I'm huge on that. Um, White, who played 13 for them mm. on the weekend, I think he is just a gun waiting to happen. But I would not be surprised to see Cheese play like a bench kind of. The problem is they've got like three 13s. I was going to say, they've got so yeah. many middle forwards. Che- Cheese is a 13, Radley's a 13, White's a 13. Like the, the, well, they're, a, they're playing Gussie Crichton as a 13. Yeah, like so there's a lot going on there. So, yeah, like I, I expect him back. I think he's seeing the surgeon this week. He's still in a cast at the moment, which is completely normal. But he should be back in the next couple of weeks, like at, once again sometime now between 17. I don't think they play 19, so they might they might Stretch even leave it till around 20. Um, yep. Potentially, he is a chance for the next couple of weeks. But look, even if he's named like in the next couple of weeks, he's not someone who I'm like looking to buy low on or anything like that. Like I I can't see as you say like since he's been out, it's almost like they've they've had more direction and and mm. stuff like that. Me half. So yeah, I, I just wouldn't be buying in on him without knowing what his role is when he comes back. If he was a free agent, would you pick him up? Oh, I'd have to be pretty shit at hooker, to be honest. Mm, like, yeah. have, like, if I had Jake Turpin, I, like, I, I might pick up Cheese because, like, you don't know if Robbo just, like, you know, I guess is stubborn and just goes with Cheese anyway. Yeah. Like, any of the, like, if I had JMK, for example, even with the injury concerns there, I wouldn't be picking up Cheese because I don't see many situations unless JMK is completely out. And I guess we'll, we'll probably touch on Connor Watson later, but I don't think he's going to factor in too much. Really? No, you were like, yeah, you wouldn't think so. Mm, yep, free agent fodder there for the cheese. All right, we've got a couple of pecs to talk about here. Sean O'Sullivan and Viliami Kikau. Obviously, Sean O'Sullivan will be the first one back here, but two blokes that should be on free agents or in most leagues will be available. Would you be picking any of these guys up and stashing them um, coming back from injury? 
Yeah, so like I guess I can't really uh, get around Sean O'Sullivan uh, in terms of delaying this one. Like he's one of my, I think he's a great pickup. Um, He's one of my, uh, you know, who do you think presents the most injury value? So the running in fins up, baby, fins (laughs) up. This is this is me. Who would have have thought one of them would be a fin? It's a shock. It's a shock. But like I think people forget about him. Like I like he's kind of he's not the flashiest name. He's a cronk type. That's exactly right, but he still scored relatively well before he mm. suffered. Like, like he wasn't. Oh, he, he nailed. He, he absolutely yeah. nailed it when he was so in, like, at the Panthers too. You know, like so he had fifty nine, forty one, fifty four. So like you know, not lighting the world on fire, but like some of the leagues in halfback, I am like yeah. real battling. It's scary. And you, yeah, and you've got a guy on free agency who could average 55. Like, I think that's pretty decent for someone who's not going to cost you anything. Um, I think a lot of people out of sight, out of mind, you know, not many people are thinking about him. So, I, yeah, I think he, for somebody who's free, like different if you were trading for him or something like that, like I'm not necessarily saying that, hmm. but for someone who's sitting on your free agency who I reckon will almost probably pass through waivers too, like even if he's hmm. not He's not that big name who people will be like, I want to burn a waiver claim on this. Yep. So getting a guy for free who could have who could average 50 to 55 in a pretty shitty position, you've got guys who are without Nathan Cleary for the next few weeks, this kind of thing. Like, I think he's a really solid option. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that. And like you said, it's a position that's lacking in depth. And yeah. I mean, for me, because I obviously drafted Sam Walker, you know, I'm there you go. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I've got Jack Cogger in my side now. I'm looking at the Sand and Smith. You know, if O'Sullivan's there, he's a bloke that I can pick up, and I, it's more of a safety pick that you know that he's going to get a job done. He's not going to drop a twenty. He's probably not going to get you an 80, 90 point score either. But around that forty-five, fifty, someone you can get a free agent. I have to take that. And this yeah. is the thing. Like I think, like you say stuff like this, and this is where like it's funny with classic, right? Like. Like, I think people underestimate, like, in draft, a, a name like Sean O'Sullivan, you say it, and a lot of people will be like, what the hell? But, like, guys like Sean O'Sullivan in draft can sometimes be such valuable, you know, people for your team. Like, you know, and as I said, it's all relative to cost versus production. Mm. And if your cost is free and you're getting someone who you can plug in every week, as you say, he might not be the flashiest person ever, but he's getting you a solid 50 to 55. Like, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's, do, it's, it's not a stress for you. Yeah. Like, it's just something yeah. you don't have to worry about. Yep. It's like yeah. when you, you're struggling at the front row forward position oh. and you're like, yeah. I just need someone that's going to get me high 40s, maybe a 50, someone that I'm not going to have to worry about that's not going to get reduced minutes, it's going to get 30 points one week. If you can get me 48 to 52 every single week, I'm fucking ecstatic if I can get him as a free agent. Yep. Totally agree. And I'm not concerned about like performance on return from a peck for halfback. So that's not really an issue. Kick out. I'm probably look like if he's a free agent, once again, like stashing him over the next couple of weeks, the Bulldogs are pretty adamant. They're going to leave him till the early round twenties from uh, the usual return to play times. He could come back from round 18, but once again, the Bulldogs have been pretty adamant. Yeah. Like round 21, I think they've said so, but yeah, look, I, I think the biggest thing, like I'm not, 
Kickhouse not someone who makes fifty tackles a game, so he's once mm. again not someone who I'm totally concerned about it in that realm. It's more just the attacking stats, I think, like in that dog's side. Um, mm. You know, how much is he going to get that kind of thing? So he's not the worst throw at the stance because I'm not overly concerned with his workload coming back because that's not really his thing. He's making heaps of tackles, which is what your peck is reliant on. Uh, but would it yeah. have an impact to like fending and stuff like that? A little bit, yep, yeah. absolutely, because that's how you do a peck. Like mm. in terms of like if you're doing chest press or something like that, like your bench press, you, you're pushing out. That's that palming, that, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But you know, like once again, it's not enough for me to be like, you know, he he's not going to be good at tackle busting or anything like that. Yeah, uh, okay. definitely. My biggest concern with him is is the doggies and how much they can actually provide for him. But the tough one with it is, don't the doggies have the buy in round twenty three? So, you, like, if they're, if they're talking about bringing him back in round 22. Yeah, why not just push him? Like, I, I just, they, might, they might just push him to round 24. Yeah, 100%. They possibly could. I, mm. Like, I just don't know. I think that it, it would be a long one. But in saying that, they're, they're not going to – well, you assume they wouldn't make the eight. So, do they just, you know, take it really easy? So, that's actually a really good point. They could just go, fuck it. Like, we don't want to risk him – um, because we're not in finals contention, so let's just leave him a little bit longer. Might be that. It might be the whole season then. If if he's going to come back round yeah. twenty four, yeah. they might be just like you know what, fuck it, just put him on yeah. ice, come back next year. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, for sure. Mm, interesting. All right, let's keep moving. We had Cam Murray with a groin injury. Obviously, he will play State of Origin. Are you got any concerns with this groin injury from Muzza? Yeah, they can kind of linger around. Like it's it's not something that I think will ever cost him like weeks and weeks and weeks. Like he'd have to be pretty unlucky for that to happen in terms of weeks on the sideline. But it's just something like I call groin injuries the mosquito injury. It's like that, you know, you're lying in bed and the mosquito's buzzing around. You just can't fucking mm. get the mosquito. It's the same with groins. It's kind of they never really cost you all that long but they can kind of just keep lingering around, restrict your sort of lateral movement, your effectiveness a little bit. Sometimes you might have to come off a little bit early. So Cam's another one who I'm not, I'm not like he, he, he screams by low in so many different mm. ways. Right? Like he has not performed well this season. Like he's not, his average is shit out that his owner is probably frustrated as, but mm. it's kind, it's almost like one of those ones where I think you're just taking a big risk if you don't see it from him first. Like I'd want to see like a week or two of him doing okay before I jump on, and by then it's probably too late. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how, they, how he performs in Origin. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, like I, I surely don't think they can play in big minutes. Um, surely it's kind of more, a, you know, 40 to 50 minute stint, you would think. Yeah. The one player I do like with Muzza is if you're in a league that plays the round 26 grand final, obviously the Bunnies have the buy that round. Now, if you need wins, so if you're coming sort of the back end of your ladder and you're not really concerned about Bunnies not having the buy because you just want to make the finals, targeting Cam Murray at the moment, especially if he looks a little bit lame in the state of origin game, you could get him for fucking barely anything because one, he like you said, his scores haven't been great. He has got an injury cloud. If he looks lame in the state of origin, that's another cross. And also that owner of Muzza wants to get rid of him because he knows in the back of his head that the bunnies have the buy in round twenty six. So really good time to strike if you want Muzza 
cheapest you'll ever get him. He's the cheapest now that he's ever been in his whole entire career. Yeah, I completely mm. agree. So it, once again, it just comes down to that cost. I think if you can get him for really cheap, then I'm not against it because obviously he has upside. But if you're kind of like paying near, you know, like maybe a 5 to 10% discount because he's Cam Murray, then I just wouldn't touch it. Yep, for sure. All right, let's move on down here. We've got a couple of hammies. First one, Sean Lane. He's looking like he'll return around 17 to 19. And obviously, Brooksy uh, with the fresh hammy injury there. Uh, you want to talk about these guys, bro? Yeah, so Brooksy, it came out that he'll miss four to six weeks. He's someone who, yeah, I think you just send him to the free agency. I don't think... I mean, I haven't paid all that much attention to Brooks, but I don't think he's probably... No, he's been going 50s. He's been going all right. Yeah, but yeah. Like, he's someone who I would easily drop for Sean O'Sullivan. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, you yeah. Know, if, if, you, if you're starting Brooks, and you, yeah, I'd just drop him for Sean. Oh, 50, 55 average. Yeah. Yeah, which is respectable, but mm. I, I think if you're missing him for the next four to six weeks, unless you're, you know, top of the table and definitely going to make it, I'd be um I'd be moving on. Uh, Sean Lane, so he should be, he was named on the extended bench, but didn't return on the weekend. So it means he's close. Yeah, right. I think either uh, this week or next week. Um, look, the usual thing with hammies is that the first two weeks back are the highest re-injury risk. It's above 10%. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like I would probably prefer, like if I'm looking to buy him, I'm going to wait until after that two weeks, which once again might be a little bit late. Depends on, mm. that, um, on that cost, I think at this point in time but yeah he's someone who I, I wouldn't mind waiting just for that ring injury risk to come down a bit yeah for sure in some legs he might have even been dropped so not yeah, a bad guy to pick up and just see how whack him on your bench see how he goes over the next couple of weeks if he looks good um obviously you want him up around that 45 point plus mark and then when he's up and humming and playing confidently and injury free he should be up around that 55 to 60 point average Oh, easily. I mean, the one thing that we, you probably wouldn't get out of him is the upside that we've seen from him because obviously with um, Brown out. Oh, yeah. forgot about that. That's, that is true. That's why I'm here. You are useful sometimes. <laughs> Crazy. Ever so occasionally. <laughs> All right, let's get into some knees here. So we've got Jack Bird with knee issues and in inverted commas. Uh, Jason Tumlow made a huge return from a meniscus injury on the weekend. Love to get your uh, opinion on him. And then Connor Watson with that patella tendon injury. Uh, where do you want to start here, brother? We'll go Connor Watson. Um, yeah, I just don't think he would uh, – he'd have to – buck all trends to sort of come back like I, I was even shocked that they're aiming for like a six month return which I think will be around that round 18 19 mark uh, that's kind of what they've maintained the entire time um, look with where the roosters are you know uh, like potentially they could scrape into finals but I'm like do you really need to rush him back mm. like six to nine months is the usual range but then you worry about performance on return it's a really really tough one so look he, he's come back from an Achilles really really well in the past like better than expected can he do it again with a patella 10 and there's just too much there. I I just don't even think he's worth a. And they've got a million utilities there now. Middle mm, utilities yeah. that I just don't see how he fits into that as a um, draft relevant kind of guy. Tamalolo with the meniscus. I mean, uh, like I, I said on the pod last night, uh, like this is one 
I got completely wrong and I like, I'm happy to get it wrong because of his performance, but it like just shows the superhuman nature of town Malolo because 99 times out of a hundred, you'd expect a guy who missed seven weeks with a meniscus injury issue, which is longer than he was expected to. He's only expected to miss four weeks initially. So missing seven weeks, you think, okay, he's probably had some lingering, you know, soreness, swelling, that kind of thing. They're going to, ease him back into it. Meanwhile, he plays like what 60, 55, 60 minutes punches out, like makes a 25 meter run in the, you know, 87th minute to set up his team for the victory he scores 60 super coach points, like just absolutely bossed it. So mm. like good on him. Fantastic. I think it, it, like it shows that he's completely over that meniscus issue, which is good. And he's probably that one in a hundred who has just absolutely smashed it, which is mm. great. The biggest concern there, and I think you guys being the uh, the draft experts would be able to talk to it more. But there's just a lot of uh, a lot of forwards there, like to come back, like Nanai. Lukey's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Actually, we should have mentioned yeah. the head concussion one, but like Lukey will probably miss at least two to three weeks there, so that gives a bit of breathing room. But there's even that young that young edge forward who. Yeah. Or that try on um, on the weekend, he looked fantastic as well. So there's just forwards coming out of there, out of their asses at the moment up at North Queensland. So I just I'm a little bit hesitant, especially with Tamalolo lighting it up on the weekend. I think his price is probably that little bit higher of the owner. Um, so I, I just don't know whether jumping on him because there's too many forwards there. What do you boys think? I think he's a perfect sell at the moment. Like yeah, yeah, over the next yeah. couple of weeks while it's during origin and you've got guys like Cotter that's playing, you know, Nanai, guys like this that are probably going to be, I don't know, treated with, you know, cotton gloves, probably get less minutes or rested even. You'll probably see more minutes out of Jason Tom Lolo and he's, he's average. It's probably going to be inflated a little bit. And like you said, once they start getting all these forwards back and towards the back end of the season, when every, everyone's up and going, like you might see him creep back to that 50 minute mark and his average drop as well. So while he's getting a little bit of a bump in minutes, his PPM still good. Sell high, sell now. And the names, you're selling on the name. You it's can the name, yeah. Just start going, oh, like, just pretty much say exactly what you just said then, Brian. He's superhuman. He's one in a hundred. This cunt cannot be stopped. You need him in your side. A meniscus injury can't hold him back. Look at him on the weekend. Just start sucking his dick and sell him. No, love it. I love the call. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. And then uh, Jack Bird, the other one. Uh, yeah, once again, someone who's going to make my list later on. Uh, mm. Spoiler alert, get rid of him. Yep. Sit to anything you can. Are the issues with his knee the same one that he's had done twice, though, so? Look, they're, they're being really shady with it in that they have given no sort of details in terms of if it's the same as the ACL or okay. even if it's the same as the meniscus because he had the meniscus issue. We spoke about it, I think, earlier in the season potentially mm. where you know, um, like the knee concerns and those kind of things. Like there's just way too much history there. Yeah. And look, he's had the last couple of weeks off, which will have done him the world of good. Don't get me wrong. But that, that risk doesn't disappear. Like, it's not like he's taken three weeks off and now his knees are more than likely going to be sweet for the rest of the season. Like he still has that degenerative knee there that he's going to have to manage. So he's just someone who I'm like, if you can get good price for him, don't give him away for nothing, but no. if you can get something good for him, I would, I would be absolute. like maybe wait 
until he comes back and hopefully jags like a try or something like that. And and I guess the big thing I'm saying with Jack Bird, with as soon as he gets a score, just get rid of him. Yeah. Like you can get rid of him now and get good price by all means, but I doubt you probably can. But if somebody if he comes back and scores a meat pie on the weekend and scores like seventy five, sell him to someone and be like, See Oh, ya. look at this. You know, like yeah. Jack Bird, how good he's back, he's doing really well because that injury risk with his knee is not going anywhere. Mm, bye bye birdie. Mm, bye bye birdie. Look at you go on fire. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into the lower leg. So, two guys I want to talk about first, and then we'll get into the list of a thousand calf injuries that are out there <laughs> at the moment. So, Luke Thompson with a list, Frank, your favorite injury, and Toby Rudolph with turf toe. Uh, talk me through these guys because last I heard, Luke Thompson not looking good. Yeah, so like obviously I had him down I think in um the casualty ward in recent times sort of around 16 to 22 uh, just because Liz Franks are really unpredictable. Gus came out just, I think, yesterday or the day before with a tweet saying he's had a major setback mm. in rehab and he probably won't be seen for the rest of the season. Look, the, the, it's just typical for Liz Franks. As you guys said, it's my favourite for a reason, like my favourite talking about it because I want everyone to realise just how serious it is. Like, you know, I think uh, it shocked me when the Eels came out and said Wiramu Greg's going to be back in nine or ten weeks from his one that's had surgery recently because I'm like, far out. Like, we're, we're seeing, like, you know, the example of Luke Thompson, how much these injuries can really knock guys around. So, yeah, look, I mean, there's all this talk. Is he going back to England? All that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, he's just someone, if you've got him, you just drop him because even uh, if he comes back later in the season, I can't see it. He's someone who I probably won't, like, target into next year, even if he is still at the Bulldogs mm. because you just don't know. Like, you know, you don't know wh- where he's at. He'll obviously have the whole off season to sort of build it back up, but he'd want to be bloody cheap for me to sort of go after him. And then Toby Rudolph with the turf toe. Yeah, look, he's not someone like maybe if he's a free agent and you've got a spot on the end of your bench. But I just think there's guys who have more upside. Like I just don't see Toby Rudolph having upside in that Sharks pack. I think it's also a little bit like you were mentioning about the cows. They've got a lot of middle forwards there. Yeah. Yeah. I just uh, like, and they've had a few guys come through with, as well, like that young young fellow who scored uh, well, Hazelton or something. Half a dozen so of them but he scored on the weekend. Yeah, that's right. Like, you know, so they've got plenty of options there and you often expect guys who come back from turf toes to like ease back to that full workload. So, yeah, not someone who I'm chasing. All right, let's get into these calves. Like every year there seems to be an injury for that year. You know, like <laughs> I think it was last year was Hammy. The year before that was the Sinusmosis year. 2023 is the year of the calf. Let's be fucking I'm gonna, real. I'm going to put my hand up. I did my calf about four weeks ago. <laughs> it is the old man injury. You it know is that. the old man injury. I can, it can be confirmed. Yeah. Last last uh, footy game I played uh, for the Fireys last year, about 10 minutes in, the calf blew up. Gone. See you later. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me, boys. It's a tough one. I that, think we've walked in there as old blokes. Yeah. That, that, that old push off. That's it. That's it. Ouch. So we've got Brenko Lee, Jake Javojevic, Ryan Madison, obviously, he returned on the weekend. Joe Offengawi, he returned. Uh, and Jazz Tavega with the calf and Achilles. Uh, yeah, what do you want to talk about here, mate? A few big guns. Obviously, Ryan Madison returning on the weekend via 5'8", uh, which was interesting. Uh, Jake Javojevic, another one that I want to talk about as well because he's handy with that front row forward 2RF dual mm. eligibility. 
Yeah, probably the only one I'm oh, like the main the main concern with calves is an extended recovery time. We're seeing that with Latrell at the moment where like that recovery which is, you know, initially supposed to be 2 to 3 weeks becomes 4, becomes 5, becomes 6. Yep. Once guys are good though, provided that the team does good rehab and stuff like that, you usually like the re-injury risk is quite low. Uh, but then we talk about Jake Trebojevic, who is about the only like calf re-injury I can think of in recent times in terms of most guys who come back, they don't re-injure all that often. They just have that extended recovery time and then come back. So with his being a re-injury, I'm a bit nervous, okay. like like mm. a tear on top of a tear, which is what his is. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, like he's once again someone who, if I've got him, I'm probably not selling him because he does have that value with the um, FRF sort of jewel. Mm. But I'd want to get him pretty cheap to be bringing him in just because of that. Um, yeah, because of the tear on top of the tear thing that's i'm a little bit concerned with that and then the other one is jazz devanga with his being a calf slash achilles uh because it's got tendon involvement which is achilles as well that often points to extended recovery times increased re-injury risk all that kind of stuff so he's someone who i probably am not looking at stashing either the other guys i mean branko lee mate he seems to have calves and hammies made of like paper mache like it just, just put in val so many soft tissue injuries oh, in his career can oh, we get love, can we get oh, val yeah. in there please Mate, I love Branko because of what he did for Queensland, basically, in 2020 mm. and always G up the whole, you know, Lee Cousins and all that kind of stuff. But, like, seriously, at this point, the guy, I think it's a calf, it's an ankle at the moment. Like, there's just so many different things. It's a different one every week. There's talk that he's being shopped to the UK. Yeah. It's like, you know, but like, how how is Val Tafare starting on the bench and Branko? Because Branko can play in the forwards as well. Like, like you know, just put him on the bench. He only has well, to didn't, play. Didn't, big, didn't big Val start at lock? Well, this, okay. the, the, but like, the mate, it's just uh, Wayne, it's just Wayne. Like, mm. like I won't question the great man because he's done amazing things with the Dolphins. But oh, yeah. one, I think the one place where he has just seems to have this weakness is Branko. He yeah. just picks it. he just picks him time after time mm. after time, no matter what. And I'm like, mate, like the guy, I can't remember the last time like he played like three or four 80-minute games in a row. Like he just, I don't know how he does it. He looks like he's playing a little bit heavy as well. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, what like what are you boys thinking? Like Jake Turbo, like I'm not overly, like he does have that duel, but I just think there's a bit of a, yeah, there's a bit of a risk there. If it's a bit of a worry, it scares me. The only thing I was interested in him, obviously the jewel, but also Manly have really struggled to fill his spot. There's been yeah. like five or six blokes they've tried there at the 13. So you know that as soon as he comes back, he's playing big minutes. You can play him in your front row forward spot. But as you said, like, it's a worry. Like, yeah, you want to get him cheap if you get him at all. Completely agree. Yeah, it's a, it's a worry I don't want to have. Oh, I'd 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 go Toby Rudolph before him. Yeah, because you'd get him free. Yeah, <laughs> you get, well, him, get him off free agents, and you wouldn't have to yep. worry about yeah. it. That's yep. that's yep. exactly right. And I've got I've got a list of about four or five like front rowers who I think are fantastic like value ones for the list later. And Jake Turbo isn't even close to that. And I think you can get all these guys for cheaper. So I would yeah like. Listen, if I know you're going to listen, if you're already listening, you're going to listen through to the end because that's where we just give our best stuff. But definitely listen through to the end if you're desperate for a front rower. 
Mm-mm-mm. I think a lot lists. of people are too. Fucking lists. Love, love a list. I love a list. All right, we've got Jai Arrow with the syndesmosis uh, injury. Looks like his draft season might be all but over. And Tamari Martin with a fibula factor. He's going to return soon, which is going to have a big impact on that Warriors side, especially if you've picked up Luke Metcalf. So let's talk through these guys, bro. Yeah, you're preaching to a guy who drafted Adam Dewey in like mm. four of six leagues and then picked up... Uh, I wasn't going to bring it up, bro. Four of, in four of six leagues. So, yeah, Tamari should be back soon. I should actually probably get around to um, wavering him in a few leagues because I think, yeah, I think he'll be back in the next couple of weeks. Mm. So, uh, yeah, look, I, I'm no expert on team selection, so I don't know whether Metcalf has done enough to sort of keep him out. I probably doubt it. Nah. Um, no, there's no way. Yeah, no. And Chance is just absolutely yep. – my boy Chance is fucking killing it at the back, and I love that so much. It's unlucky uh, for Metcalf because he's Metcalf's obviously – He's a gun. He is an absolute oh, gun. 100%. But they just love Martin, and like you said, Chance has killed so it. They, so they should, though. Martin has played out of his skin when he's been yeah. in there. Yep. Yeah. And he did really good things at the Bronx last season too. And Warriors are playing well. I mean, the the god of Supercoach is back, so <laughs> – <laughs> Oh, boys, I didn't draft him <laughs> this year. Oh, there's Jay. Uh, like the one year. I just the- I heard your erection hit the oh, table oh. then, though, when I kind of brought him up. Like, it's the first year I haven't drafted him in like so many years. Like all the years no. I've this year, I don't draft him. I get on Dewey. Now, like I should have just taken uh, SJ in the first if I was a true, you know, true homer. But anyway, what can you do? I've heard enough about the Dewey thing. I mean, every week, Walker's on here going, fuck Brian, <laughs> fuck that cunt. I can't believe I I can't believe I listened to him. I drafted him. I went and I go, calm down, bro. It's just a game. Now, fuck Brian. I have to calm him right down before we record, bro. It's, and it's, fair, yeah. fair enough, too. Like, what a, what a. I got, I got wandered down the golden path <laughs> and it turned into a golden shower. I'll, I'll, look, all I'll say, is that I took myself down the golden path as yeah. well, mate. <laughs> I wasn't leading anyone down there and leaving you down there. I was right there with you. Hey, after that first game, I, I was high five and I was I was thinking, yeah, yeah. yeah. How how easy it is looks this good coach? early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, all right. Well, so TMM really good pickup, especially if he's available out there on free agents waivers. Get him in your side. I love the how the Warriors are playing at the moment, so he's a nice pickup now. Let's get into some of these fucking big dogs. This is what everyone wants to talk about here. We've got Nathan Cleary with the hammy. He's doing all sorts of weird witch doctor shit to get back on the on the field. He's he's blood doping. Oh mate, weird. Sam Walker ACL sprain. I'm gonna have to get you to explain that. I've done my ACL. I wish I sprained it. Obviously, it's not as bad as the tear. Ryan Pappenhausen with his patella explosion. Will we ever see him again? And Latrell Mitchell with that calf with the ongoing time off. Let's just dive straight in. What do you got for us? This is the juicy shit. All right. Cleary with the hammy. Um, yeah, obviously doing some weird and wonderful things uh, to, to try and get back. I will say all legal things, uh, just to clarify. <laughs> he's not blood doping. Uh, but, yeah, look, look uh, my gut says... Round 20 to 21 is the most likely return date. The one thing I will say, despite me saying round 20 to 21, I just am on edge with the whole, like, you know, six weeks, six weeks, ruled him out of origin, all that kind of stuff. Just 
narratives in the NRL in terms of like the number of times we see clubs do this kind of stuff where they say like, you know, six weeks, for example, and then he comes back at four weeks and it's a miracle recovery and all that kind of stuff when like the usual recovery time for grade two hammies is four to six weeks. Yeah. So they've kind of just <laughs> quoted the upper end. So look, it was, the one thing I will say is it was higher up on the hamstring. Like he grabbed up near his butt, mm. the bottom of his butt. And I always worry about the ones higher up because they just have longer recovery. So that's why I'm still like around 20 to 21 is more, more likely, I think at this stage for me. Uh, but yeah, I, I just am aware of that narrative potentially where they're like, you know, Nathan Cleary miracle recovery to return for game three of origin or something like that. So I'm keeping an eye out for that one as like a little conspiracy theory. <laughs> but, uh, Tinfoil hats out. So what's yeah. your, what's your thoughts on his return to performance? Cause obviously he's the, best player in the game at the moment. But one thing that I'm concerned at looking at how he plays, especially with his running game, is whenever he takes off with the ball in hand under his wing, it's explosive. Like he sees a gap and he's bang. He's off the right foot and away he goes. He's hitting that gap at speed. Will that be affected? And how do you see like his game changing coming back from this hammy? Because obviously they're rushing him back. They're doing everything to get him back on the paddock, which that kind of worries me as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah, very minimal concerns for performance. Guys usually come back pretty well from hammies. Yep. You could argue that there might be a little bit of mental block there that mm. we've like kind of seen with Turbo. Uh, but like you only generally see that after like multiple hammies. Like very rarely a guy sort of off a one-time hammy then coming back. And clearly we've seen has come back from things like shoulders and that kind of stuff and hasn't missed a beat. Like he just kind of has that mentality of like I'm 10 foot tall and bulletproof. So I, like his performance isn't a concern, it's re-injury risk. So once again, those first two weeks, he's going to be at least a 10% risk of hamstring re-injury and possibly higher. So he's not someone who I am like, yeah, like what are we, we're talking about Nathan Cleary here is mm. you're not going to trade for him and you're not going to trade him out yep. um, unless you get offered a King's ransom. But I think if you're a Nathan Cleary owner, I'd be nervous in those first two weeks for a re-injury. But when he comes back, like even if you've somehow ended up with some really, really good backup, you know, like say Jerome Hughes got dropped or something like that and you've picked him up, um, I, I still am starting Nathan Cleary when he, the first week he's back. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, if the owner of Nathan Cleary in your leagues is sort of coming second last. Oh, yeah, Chase. 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 Yeah. Chase. yeah. yeah. Go 100%. get him and see, and see yeah. what you, you can throw up for him. Try and get him Definitely. on the cheap. Yep, and then uh, Sammy Walker ACL sprain. Yeah, obviously. Give me good news, please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, oh no! Good news. Good news. I didn't I like that, that laugh. That I didn't like laugh. that laugh at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just made my day. Uh, um, yeah, good news in that he doesn't need immediate surgery, uh, but. Spoiler alert, who's a trap due to injury is a question like, and the first list on my name is Sam The first name on my list is Sam Walker. Like, it's just a, like, my thing that I hate, and you boys know this having me on this show so many times, I hate uncertainty, Mm. right? That's what I hate. Like, Nathan Cleary, there's even, even though he's a re-injurious, there's so much certainty around, like, he's probably going to be back around 20 to 21. I know what his re-injury risk is. It's going to be around that 10%. So I can bake that into, you know, any kind of expectations or any trades that I'm talking about or anything like that. Sam Walker with the ACL sprain, like even today. So he had a good report from the surgeon. 
surgeon last week. So I will give you some good news. He got a good report from the surgeon last week. He's now out of the brace and he's starting to commence some return to run stuff, which is all fantastic. That still means that he's at least three to four weeks away from returning. And it also means, well, not that means like this injury everything, and I mean everything, is still on the table. He could be back, best case, in three to four weeks. He could start to run and start to change direction, and his knee swells up. It, it feels a bit sore. It starts to be a bit unstable. So they go, right, we're just going to shut you down for another three to four weeks, or we're going to shut you down for the season. There's also the chance that he comes back, and because that ACL sprain has happened, he's at an increased risk of ACL rupture, which that could happen, and then he needs an ACL recall and he's out. So this is what I mean is there's just – like the range of like possibilities here for Sam Walker are just ridiculously wide. Like there's so much that could happen here. And then on top of that, you've got a Roosters team that's going like busteds, right? Like, and I know Sam Walker is probably going to be someone who's going to make a difference there, but he is someone who I'm like, if you can get good price for him, I would 1000% do that. I'm surprised if you could get any price. No, for you him wouldn't. At the you wouldn't get anything for him. That's yeah. the thing. It, w- would there be a risk, um, like in future seasons, of like an increased risk of just doing his ACL because of oh, the sprain? Yep. Yeah. So um, the risk increases. So <clears throat> there's a study um, on pro athletes in Europe that showed that ACL sprains progress to ruptures in 25% of professional athletes. Oh, that's pretty high. So it is very high. So, yeah, so it's not um, – yeah, this is what I mean. It's, it's like I use the word volatile. Especially I don't the type like, of players with the stepping and everything. Yeah. Oh, so I don't. No. I just don't like volatile players, and he's mm. a volatile player at this point in time. So I'm just off him. I, I I just don't want any part of that. Like there's upside there. Don't get me wrong. And if he's a free agent, well, okay, he's a really good example. So my home league. I'm ashamed to say it, but this is how our home league is gone. It's now an eight team league because we've just lost guys, and we didn't really really want to throw in randoms into a league that's a lot of banter and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But I've dropped him. I had him as a half, my halfback in the eight team league, and I dropped him. Not that that's that controversial because it is an eight-team league, mm. I just went, no. Nah. Like and nobody's picked him up. Like, mm. just like, you know, we just let him go because I don't think um, he's not someone who I'm, who I'm, yeah, super high on at all. Oh, well, Sandon Smith, I'm just, welcome I'm just, to the Eskimo Bros. I'm just looking at this list. Natty, have you pulled this together just looking at your team? Yeah, pretty much, man. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, so we'll go from one guy that I own to the next guy that I own, Ryan Pappenhausen. <sighs> I can't. Yeah. How did I not talk you out of this? Like I got him. I think I got him round eight or something. Something. Uh, something oh, no, it, was round, it was round six. Round, round six, six was it? But Pappy Watch was round six. That's not too bad. Like I don't. I still don't mind it. But uh, yeah, it's more. It's more the holding a. We've only got a four bench spot. Uh, four bench spaces. Yeah, yeah. I, like holding that for sixteen weeks. And look, if I was coming. Sixth or seventh or eighth or whatever. Like if I was just at the back back end of my ladder, I I would have dropped him by now. Yep. But I'm coming first. Like I don't. There's no I'm, need to drop him. There's yeah, no exactly. need to drop him if you're first. If yep. you're first, you don't drop him. I said like two weeks ago, three weeks ago on the sponge that I like he's droppable. Now that I didn't mean that as a blanket rule. Like I just said, like up until that point, I think he was worth holding no matter what, because he's Ryan Pappenhausen and like, you know, you just don't know. Like there were reports, I think Bulldog Richie came out, said he was going to be back in three weeks or something like that and all this kind of stuff. So 
That was a fun six minutes. Oh, mate, wasn't it? Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, there was still uncertainty oh, there. Out. So it was absolutely still a hold at that point in time. But, like, I almost just wanted to say it just in case there were people out there, not that I'm, you know, some authority on it, but I'm, like, almost to just give you permission to be, like, if you need to drop him, just drop him because he's mm. not. Like, at very best case, I think he's back around 23 to 24, and that's via Queensland Cup. Yep. So, like, and that's very best case. Like, I like you know, I'm not even confident in that at this point in time. So, I think he'll be back next season. I think with a whole off season, like, I'm, I'm, I'm quite confident in him. Then, like, you know, sort of coming back into next year, I'm still doubtful as to whether he can ever get back that, you know, full on speed, you know, explosiveness. Now, from what we've seen, like, has he, there been much precedence in the US or anything? Um, with this type of injury? Oh, this is this is like this is almost gone. It's not worst case scenario because he could have retired or something like that. But this couldn't have gone much more like much worse in terms of like the gradualness of this. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not really. Too. I thought it was really telling. He did a I think an interview the other day where he said like I'm really lucky that I'm at a footy club because if you did this, like a pro footy club, because if somebody else did this, they would just never run again or they would just Mm. never play sport again. And I'm like, holy shit. Like if that's kind of what he's being told, that it's only because you're in a pro footy setup with daily physio and all that kind of stuff is the reason you're going to get back. That just shows you how serious this injury is, is that if it happened to any of us three, like what, like whether he's exaggerating it or not, but it's almost like that's an injury that they've said you, you just wouldn't play running sports ever again for I'd us. I'd be lucky to run again and I've only done my calf. Well, that's right. I can't <laughs> run it is with two healthy knees, let alone with one with a shattered patella. So yeah. I just think, I, like I think in your case, I think in first, you just hold him, you know, on the potential that he comes back for around 25, 26, somewhere around there. But yeah, I just, um, uh, otherwise, I think if you're in a position where nobody wants to trade you for him, you need a spot, all that, you're in fifth, sixth, that kind of thing, it's a top four finals, you absolutely drop him. Like you, you drop him in a heartbeat. Who would you drop out of Sam Walker and Ryan Pappenhausen? Uh, Paps. Okay. Oh. Yeah, okay. because Walker, Walker could be. <laughs> that was that was a very direct question because he's just going on waivers now. Mm. Yeah, no, like Walker could be back in three to four weeks and yeah. do something for you. Uh, Paps, like, yeah, like I just like in my head, I'm like, okay, let's go through best case with Paps. He's back. Let's say round twenty two, even. Let's say it's better than we even think. He's back round twenty two or twenty three. He plays, you know, what maybe one to two weeks in. Q Cup, that's what he's going to do. So he plays that. Then even when he comes back to first grade, he's coming off the bench. I can Mm. almost guarantee he's coming off the bench. So I'm like, okay, so now we're at round 24. We're at 25 as best case when he's back in the storm and he's coming off the bench. Mm. Like maybe you get a full game out of him round 26, like maybe. But, yeah, there's just a, everything has to go almost better than expected. And I just think he's a finals prop, like as in not a finals, a draft finals. I think he's an yeah. NRL finals proposition at best. And I think, I think he'll be coming on as like a utility sort of, sort of the same as, as him and Hines were yep. a couple of years ago. 
Um, yeah, I mean, like Meany's been doing a, a fairly decent job, and his ball playing has actually come along a, a long way. Yeah, definitely. So I can't see them rushing, um, rushing Pappy back. Mm. It, it, I have been. I've always thought like. If I get into a position where I'm stressed and I need to drop someone, he will go. I just haven't mm. been in that position yet. Yeah. I'm just, I'm yeah. just stringing, I'm burgling wins at the moment. I, it's, it's so well, frustrating. You, as soon as you bring in Sean O'Sullivan and he averages seventy because the Finns are going to, you know, make a run on the table, then you're set. It's love a, that. Hey, Brandon. Ends up, I baby. That. I love that. I do have the future immortal, Jareem Buller, at fullback at the moment uh, too. How so. good is he going? So I don't even need Pappenhausen. Pappy who? Seriously. Fuck. (laughs) Dream the dream. Um, All right, let's uh, finish up with Latrell Mitchell. Uh, So interesting one, especially if your grand finals round 26, it it Mm. could be a a case of what the fuck to do here. Yeah, like I was never big on Latrell going into the season purely because of that fact, like the round 26 thing. Mm. And this just adds to it, right? Like uh, this is talking purely for draft, right? Like draft, um, if you are a Latrell owner and you think you're any chance of getting to the finals, you sell him so hard right now. Mm. Like, like, and, and look, he's at his lowest point. So maybe you wait until he comes back and plays a week and then try and sell him. So uh, like, maybe I'm a bit hasty there because you're probably not going to get a massive price for him. But the, the, the factors here are, you don't know how long this recovery is going to extend for. I said that calves can be niggly. They can hang around for longer. Once he is back though, uh, like I'm not, I'm not super down on him in terms of like performance or re-injury risk and that kind of thing. But that round 26, like you, you're waiting, you know, potentially another couple of weeks for him to come back and then he's not there for you in the grand final. I just don't think he's actually worth all that much to you as a as a drafter if your grand final's in round 26, even more so now than, um, than when drafting at the start of the year. So, and yeah, look, like, you know, the biggest thing with him, which I know he's getting a little bit, uh, like I don't know whether body body judgy or whatever, but he is carrying like he he's carrying mm. a lot more weight now than he than he used to be, and he's playing at fullback. He's got a calf issue, like these kind of things. Maybe I'm talking myself around into being a little bit more concerned about his like re-injury risk when he does come back, but it, it kind of probably makes a little bit of sense as to why this calf is kind of lingering around mm. because he's been doing well to sort of get by playing, you know, playing fullback at that size so far because he doesn't like, you know, we, we hear about it all the time. He doesn't take 20 runs a game and all that kind of stuff. He injects himself when he needs to. But now that these things start to creep in, you know, like this is this is the point where GI, you know, GI started to struggle later in his career. He was a bit heavier at fullback and started to move to the centers a little bit, those kind of back to the centers and those kind of things yeah. when he's struggling with his knee and the, and this kind of stuff. So I'm not by any means saying Latrell's at the end of his career and he's going to struggle or anything like that. But, yeah, he's just someone who I'd be looking to move on um, as soon as you can get good value for him. Mm. Interesting question for you, Natty. Yo. Would you trade Buller for Latrell knowing when our grand final is, round 26? No, because Jareem Buller's mm. got the best strength of schedule amongst, amongst fullbacks for round 23 yep. to 26. I'm actually very happy with Buller. Buller's my yeah. man. Buller, Buller, baby. <laughs> I have a dream. <laughs> he is the fucking dream. You know, like Latrell Mitchell, Walker and I have been spruiking on about this for the last month, literally four weeks. Uh, as soon as those 
Bunnies players started ripping at a Terrian. Graham, Mitchell, Cody Walker. We started saying, all right, guys, now's the time. Sell these motherfuckers now while they're high. It's like saying that your grandfather's around 26. Sell them now while they're high because the closer you get to your grand final, the worse it's going to get for you and their their value is going to plummet. It's also like how long can they keep up that really awesome run that they had? Like that was they were unbeatable for those six rounds or whatever it was. Yep, like exactly. They, they, and, and if you're listening to this and you have Latrell Mitchell, you left it too late. Simple yeah, as I that. Just, I, I'm just looking through my legs now. I literally have Blake Taff at, as like a you know someone who I picked up or needed to plug in at. At fullback, but apart from that, I legitimately have no rabbits. And look, I'm not going to make the finals in or the final in every one of my leagues. But like those two main leagues that I'm in, I do not own a rabbito. No, neither. Because I'm like, I, I'm just not interested. No, the only yeah. reason you should be interested in bunnies is if you're coming, if you're worried about making finals. Because I say it all the time, and it's the same with classic. Like I don't care. I, I, I seriously, nobody remembers. Nobody remembers if you come third or no. fourth or in draft or no one remembers if you come 500th in classic. Like, no, like, does anyone really care? Like, it does not matter. You play to, like, you play to have fun, number one. And, like, I love my heart picks and, you know, getting my guys and all that kind of stuff. But you also, you play to come first. Like, like, if you're not coming first, I don't really care. I don't care if I come Righto, second. Ricky Bobby. Mate, Ricky, Ricky Bobby's daddy said it, said it right the first time. <laughs> He's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. Like, if you're not going to win, fucking just have a great time of it. Mate, that's, that's my cunts in our league barely care that who comes first. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've won it twice, and I, I didn't get enough props that I thought I got. Yeah, nah. So, like, if you come second, you've got no chance of people remembering you. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, play to win, especially this time of the year. Like, and Wooker and I did a bit of an intro before we started recording, just talking about like the the rub down. All our podcasts, all our content is going to be geared towards setting up for finals because it's yeah. the pointy end now. It starts now. Like, there's no good trying to prep for finals in round 22 when your finals start round 23. Too late. Yeah, you've got, and you don't want to be setting up trades and all that sort of stuff a couple of weeks out from finals because. People know the value. Like you, you will not have a chance to get rid of Latrell, get rid of Murray, get rid of Cook, and all these guys because their value is just going to tank mm. the closer they get to that round twenty six buy. I know. Could you imagine trying to get rid of Latrell Mitchell for the price that you want for him in round twenty? Everyone's going to be like, "Ah, uh, no, I won't be taking Latrell Mitchell." So, how about no? <laughs> oh, fuck. And it's going to be there's going to be absolute Dalai Lamas for people that have kept Bunnies players for this long who have their grand final round twenty six. And all I can say is, we've literally been talking about it every single podcast, <laughs> every single podcast. So, and I know people that are listening to this who have Bunnies players, I know what you've done. You've been sucked in by their scores. You've gone, but they're so good. They're scoring so well. I love it. They're winning me games. Like, I need to hold on to them. And that's that fear of selling high, selling when you should. No one wants to sell players when they're at their absolute peak, peak, but that's exactly when you should sell them. Mm. 
Yeah. A couple couple of tasties coming up. Oh, here we go. Mm. Well, let's fucking get into it, baby. Let's get into... Rub my, rub my finger over the end of it. <laughs> who presents the most injury value for the run into the finals or the finals itself for Supercoach Draft specifically? Hit us with it. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let me take my pants boppers. off. The big boppers, the front rowers. Um, <laughs> I think there's a few. So, like, my top-end guy is Cotter. Um, I know this is me sort of replicating what I said in the preseason, but I just still think he's cheap. Like, I don't think people sort of recognize how much of a, like, you know, a gun he is. He's missed some time with injury this year, which hasn't, you know, like he, he came back a little bit slow from, but I was having a look before. So he's averaging 59 and a half this year. But if you go, he had one, two, three games below 50 minutes. So all the rest of the game's been above 50 minutes. You take those three games out where like, you know, he was obviously like coming back from origin and then the two sort of injury affected ones as well. Like he's averaging like mid to high sixties. Like I just think, I just think he's still one of the premier middle forwards in the game. And I think you can get him cheap or cheaper than he's actually worth. So I like him. Christian Welsh is my next one. Um, obviously was a bit of a sleeper pick sort of in the preseason, but Welsh for me started off slow as we probably kind of expected coming off the Achilles, but there's been some really good signs from him recently and particularly the game just gone. I know it's only a one game sample size, but he played 50 minutes and he scored 58 and that included uh, Sinbin as yeah. well. He's, he freed the arm a little bit with a few offloads, um, you know, those kind of things. Two, three weeks ago, he played 60 minutes. So I just think he's somebody who, look, he's not going to light the world on fire. But once again, like, I don't think his owners are going to be valuing him, like, super high. And I think he's someone, like, I think he could average 60 for the rest like, of the season. Like an, an average of 50 at the moment, you'd definitely oh. be able to get him for a song. Yeah, like, I, I just think he, like, I think, I think Cotter could average 65 to 70 and I think um, Welch could average 60 in the time when you want them to, which is mm. that round 20 to 26. And this is what I'm talking about with these guys, right? Like I'm not talking about, cause obviously like Cotter's got origin to deal with and all that kind of stuff. So he might have a few limited minutes and those kind of things. But these are guys who I'm looking at for that round 20 to 26, like those, you know, when you want them. And I think you could pick, you know, Christian Welsh up at a 50 average and he averages 60 for you. And then like Ruben Cotter averaging 60 could average 65 to 70. So I like those two. I like Regan Campbell Gillard. I reckon he's almost free at the moment. Like he's not doing all that well. And I think, you know, you could pick him up for really cheap. And then two guys, Max King, who's been playing through a rib issue for what seems like the last four or five, six weeks. Um, He'd be almost, I reckon, nearly free too. Uh, and I think he, there's prospects for him being in a much better spot, sort of that round 20 to 26, especially with the news that Luke Thompson isn't going to be back this year. Uh, and Tavita, yeah, and Tavita Pangai is the other one for me. I think in the front row, you know, there's not many guys who have upside. He's been bashed around, you know, from origin and probably is lacking a little bit of confidence. Once again, Luke Thompson not there, all that kind of stuff. Like I, I just think TPJ, you know, has upside there. I'm trying to acquire him in as many leagues as I can just because I think, you know, front row sucks. So why not just go for a guy with a bit of upside? So uh, what do you think of those front rowers, boys? Any that you think are particularly hot takes or 
okay with them. Well, as the Cotter owner, I'm all over that first take. Love that. Oh, Finally, and, some, and some as good the, news. Uh, as the Welsh owner, uh, I love the second one. Oh, there we go. I'm, I'm my so new you, you target audience. <laughs> you cover them both faces. I love it. Mm. And love like it. I said, with Tevita Pango Jr., we talked about him on the wire with the mm. rugby league guru saying that he's a nice target. Like, obviously, coming into uh, back in the NRL after that injury and then getting signed up for State of Origin would have given him a little bit of a boost of confidence as well. But like you said, that upside, that offload ability, that tackle break ability, um, someone that you could plug into your front row forward and then, you know, on a given day, you can get an 80 out of him or possibly 100 if he scores a try just because he has so much to offer super coach-wise. Yeah, 100%. And then so my other one's Sean O'Sullivan, I think is great as like a, you know, once again, we're talking about good value. Um, I think, you know, coming back off the peck, I'm not really concerned about him really in the slightest. AJ Brimson's my other one, boys. Like this is a little bit of a heart pick, but, and, and look, this isn't without risk, but I just think that people have forgotten about AJ Brimson. Like once again, like he- It's freakishly good. Yeah, like he's so good and he's so good for super coach at fullback. Like I just mm. think I drafted him in like the late second round in a few more than a few leagues this year. And like even though he's been out with injury, I still don't hate that pick heading into the second half of the season because I just think he has all the upside in the world. Um, and fullback, you know, like hasn't been the position we'd all hoped in some respects, yeah. that kind of thing. So I think he's a very solid start at fullback. I think he's an even, even better start at 5'8". And I reckon you can get him for a little bit cheaper. And then my last one, which I think is a bit of a recent one, like everyone's jumping off Jacob Carraz, and I think I would be jumping on him. Like I like I like Carraz. I think like did you did you catch up with Natty before this? (laughs) What a roller coaster this podcast has been. Yeah, I look I've given I've given Natty bad news on this pod. So like it's about time that I gave him some good ones. It's a nice shit sandwich you've given him. (laughs) But uh, yeah, look, I I like him. I think uh, like obviously he had the knee issue that he came back early from. Like you could see that he wasn't hundred percent. And then he's had the elbow issue as well. Like he's just had a few niggles in and around the place. Like I, I almost think you could get him like not for nothing, but you could get him for, well, I think he only scored like 36 on the weekend or something like that. I think you're paying pennies on the dollar for him and just the upside there is huge. Like I could absolutely see a situation where by round 20, I mean, he's got the buy this week, another week to get his body right, mm. you know, that kind of thing. The biggest concern with Kiraz is exactly the same concern I had with Kikau. I just think that like, you know, even on the weekend he scored 36, but like, did he only score 36 because they were standing under the fucking posts for like half the game? You know what I mean? Mm. Like that's yeah. my biggest concern with Kiraz is can the doggies kind of, you know, pull something together. They, they've got a few forwards sort of coming back over the next little bit. Raymond Fatal and Mariner, you know, one of my boys. He was a comeback uh, story. Yeah, he's he's due to come back soon and those kind of things. So does it steal things up a little bit? So yeah, I I, I don't mind um I don't mind Karaz as a little uh a little tasty by low. Mm. Like that. Like that a lot. Like you know, I got Karaz off waivers. Yeah. Yes, actually, I did in my home league too, and that was. was <laughs> I was like one what or two steal. Po- one or two positions in the waivers behind you, and yeah, you I were. thought, oh, surely, surely he's going to slip. Nope. 
Not past me, pal. Not past me. Uh, so that's, <laughs> my, that's my injury value. So do you want the traps? Yes. Really Obviously, a lot of my players as well. So, <laughs> so you've got you've got half of his team as the as the bylaws, and now yeah, sells. So top of, top of the yeah. list from an injury perspective is Sam Walker. We spoke about it. <laughs> um, I just no, nah, I don't want it. I'm he's droppable for me yeah. in, in some situations. Uh, Toby Rudolph, I think, like like he's free, obviously, but I just think there's guys with more upside. I think for that final bench spot, like I just would rather take a shot. Like I would rather own Sam Walker over Toby Rudolph as the last position on my bench just because there's upside, right? Even Pappenham, mm-hmm, yeah. I'd rather like – because I just am like – I feel like you could siphon through. Like if you're struggling for a second front row forward, you could just drop and pick up a guy who's going to score you 45 to 50, which is almost what I reckon Toby Rudolph will score you. Well, even guys like Blake Laurie, he's, yeah. he's just come back and yeah. Yeah, he's killing it. Yeah, so I just think I just think he's not really worth a like a bench spot at this point in time. Jack Bird, easy one for me. Like we spoke about that. It's just so much like that injury risk is going to last for the rest of the year. So I just wouldn't be going there. Jeremy Marshall King is the other one. I think on top of the injury concerns that we spoke about, I just feel like Jeremy Marshall King went like the first eight weeks of the year with an attacking stat every week. And while I'd Mm. love to think as the hooker of the mighty, mighty Dolphins that that will continue, I just think that that's got to run out at some point and he's got to have a bit of a spell where, you know, he might go a month without some attacking stats. Mm. I think with the the AC joint concern and then that, like surely he regresses a little bit with the attacking stats, I just don't think – that he's someone who I'd be targeting. And then my last injury one, I've got a couple um, of hot takes sort of after that, but my last injury one is our man. We spoke about him so much in the preseason. It's a little bit hot at the moment because he is going fucking fantastic. It's Kalen Ponga. And purely because you you said it before, Natty, like people are like, oh, my guys are going so good. Like they're mm. always so scared to sell them when they're going so good. I'm sitting here telling you that Kalen Ponga's concussion risk is as high now as it was in week one. You know what I mean? Like with his concussion history, that concussion risk does not disappear because he played three or four good games. Mm. Like, and I feel like in the super coach world, that's what people think, right? Is that, is that he played three or four games and then it all just kind of goes out the window. People are just like, Oh my God, KP's back. And, and don't get me wrong. Like I, I um, bought him in classic, like when he was cheap as chips and playing around 13, just as a point of difference. But I did it under the assumption I'm going to have to burn another trade at some point. Cause he's probably gonna, you know, he's at a high risk of injury at some point. And I just think if you've got him in draft and you can really sell his last few weeks, look, don't get me wrong. When Callum Ponga is out there, he's going to be killing it because he's at fullback and absolutely like that is his best position. He should have been there since the start of the year. But if you can get really good value, like I, like if you can get late second, sorry, late first round, early second round value for him, which is what he's scoring like at the moment, but a guy who doesn't have that injury risk, right? Doesn't have that that hanging over his head. I'd be selling Kalimponga. Mm, and that's you just hit the nail on the head. It's that fear of fear of missing out. It's FOMO, isn't it? It's like mm-hmm. God, if he's he's averaging ninety over the last three rounds. If I if I sell him, like, what if he continues to score nineties? Like, I just can't handle that. Like, yeah. people freak out, man, and they, they it just stops them from trading. But 
He's a perfect example. Like, pull the trigger now and you don't. You just don't have to worry. Like, I'm sure everyone that's owning KP is watching every night's game going, every time he goes into contact going, oh, fuck. Ugh. Or every glancing blow that gets close to his head. Oh, fuck. Duck. Shit. You know, like, do you really need that? Yeah. It's stressful enough, uh, enough as it is. Hundred percent. I yeah. I just think I think there's opportunities there where you could get like imagine if you could do KP for Nathan Cleary or so, like you know something like mm. that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you could talk to the Cleary owner and be like, mate, you're in second last, and you like here's Caelan Ponga for Nathan Cleary. Like they would be mental not to take it because they're on the charge. Like they're trying to make finals, but like what a deal for you. Like, yeah. like you're, you're absolutely laughing. So, yeah, for me, I think, like, I would be I, – I, that's actually my play. I reckon if you are if you are the Kalen Ponga owner and the Nathan Cleary owner is out there struggling, I would package up, like, a Sean O'Sullivan and a, and a Kalen Ponga and be like, mate, Ponga's been on a tear. Here you go. This will try and get you into the finals. And then you just ride Nathan Cleary from round 21 to 27 and win your comp. Oh. Hmm. Stop it. Hot take after Stop hot take. it. And so that they're my injury ones. Now my non-injury ones. Uh, just this is like gut call because I'm such a good judge of footy. Uh, Joey Manu, i gone. Like how, how many like, Dolphins players are we going to talk about here? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> these, are, these are guys that I don't, that are traps. Okay. So uh, zero Dolphins. Good. Like I, I would sell, yeah, zero dolphins. They're all, even though he's out for the season, just animal, just to get around the board. Get him in, just to have him uh, on your bench to look at. Joey Manu's going to center, I reckon. Like I, uh, like once Teddy's back and all mm. that kind of stuff. And I just think in that Roosters side, I like uh, you sell Joey Manu on name and just get rid of him. Uh, this one's a little bit more hot. I'm going in a level of hot takes here. Ruben Garrick. Like, Ruben Garrick scored 160 last week or two weeks ago. I reckon that was mostly because he played a dog shit Dolphin side. He's now starting in the centers, which is something that we spoke about all off season. Mm-hmm. Like, if he plays in the centers, especially at right center, I just don't see how the attacking stats will keep coming for him at right center playing for Manly when they don't play the Dolphins. They're not, I'm not sure yeah. about their strength of schedule, but I just think if you can sell Garrick on that 160-pointer, um, and, and even if Turbo goes down, it looks like he's not even the backup fullback option. No, like, Weeks, is, Weeks, Weeks is the guy. At the back. So I'm like, mm. I, like Garrick is someone who I own in a few leagues, and I'm actually trying to sell him because I, I just think in my gut. And then the other one, here we go, Natty. I, like I'd sell Buller. I I just think <gasps> I, I think the Tigers wash your mouth out. Yeah, I know. I, I like I think he's been I think yeah. he's been really lucky with some attacking stats in recent times. Like you know where he like he scored that try, which was fantastic. Where real individual effort and stuff like that. But I just don't know how rep how much he can replicate that week in week out in a in a really poor Tiger side without Luke Brooks for the next. Yeah. That's the key thing is like yeah. they're, they're missing both Luke Brooks and Appy, and that's yeah, your that's, two most dominant spine yeah. players. That's my concern. I think for your situation, because you're in first and you can wait till round 23 to like, you know, to need him. And that by that point, Brooks and Appy are back. I'm much more confident. But once again, if you're like really pushing for the finals or something and you can package up a Buller 
and get something of value, I just feel like in my gut I would do it. Mm. Hey, you might you might need to trade him for Latrell after all. Nah, I'm cruising, bro. I'm mate, I'm <laughs> fucking flying high. <laughs> Zero worries in the world at the moment. I mean, please. And look, I yeah, hundred percent I get you yeah, like the, the the attacking um well the creative playmakers in that side are out. I did notice that in that game that he was forced to get involved a little bit more. Now it probably didn't come off as much as I would have liked for Supercoach wise, but I just think this kid with more time with ball in hand, brilliance is going to happen. So, yeah, of course, sell high. You should have sold high on him when he scored that 124. It's also that classic that classic thing that we talk about, right, where everyone owns him in classic. Yes. Like he, it probably is built over, like, overvalued. He's been the best cheapie of yes, all time. exactly. And so people are like, oh, my God, like, Jareem Buller, like, how good is he? Like, if you can play off that with some guys who, you know, in classic are like, oh, my God, it's just that added value from being such a good classic player, I think, plays into it as well. A hundred percent. And like I said, with Ruben Garrick, like, he scored over 160 points. If you weren't trying to sell Ruben Garrick the week after he scored that, you don't get draft. Yeah, trust me. Yeah. I was on the phone to everyone. Fully, like somebody take thing. this guy. I've got a real, I've got a real uh, like uh, complaint to make, and I can only make it here. So because James won't ever listen to me, like I, I feel like I, I'm, I almost need to enter draft leagues anonymously because no one. No one wants to trade with me because mm. I had one of the guys in the um, in the uh, Magic Sponge Invitational. Like I think it was something where it was a pretty straight up and down trade. I think because I'm doing shit because I drafted um, Dewey in the first and it's a 14-team league, so it pretty much fucks you. And, and he, like I gave him a trade that I was like, oh, look, and he was like, but what do you know that we don't? Yes, yes, yes. yes. And it's like that in so many leagues where I'm like, yeah. I go to trade and they're like, yeah, but what like, what injury does he have? Like what, what's going on there? And I'm like, oh, my fucking God, this is so painful. Like I can't – like obviously I'm trying to win the trade, but very, very rarely am I doing that without, you know, like I'm just doing it like I said with Ruben Garrick or with someone who I'm like I'm just trying to – be a drafter and yeah so i think next year i'm gonna have to go incognito in a few leagues i like it <laughs> i like it do it and the thing is it's same with me and walker as well like when we approach guys in our leagues for trades they're always like yeah but you probably got some stat thing that um you know they've got a really good run in the finals you know something and i, I, I just don't trust this trade and you're just like oh fuck you're literally stealing half the joy of draft away from me. Yeah, no, no. yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it is. It's definitely been something that I've had to get used to. Thankfully, in the like in the home league, they still treat me like a shithead anyway. So oh, no, that's good. Same bloke. And the two hundred dollar league is like full on. Like guys are got. They know all the shit anyway. So they're they're never hesitant. But it's all the other sort of more casual leagues that's a bit harder. Love it, bro. I love it. Jesus, I've got a lot to walk away with after this. <laughs> I've got a lot of thinking to do. There'll be no sleep tonight. I'll be laying on my back in my bed just going, Sam Walker, Pappenhausen, Buller. He did sit boy, yeah, Buller. No, and he did say he saw Joey Manu too. <laughs> Fuck. This is goes, she goes to me when I was about to jump on here. Oh, is it going to be a long one tonight? I was like, nah, there's not much to talk about. We'll get through it pretty quick. Here we are. And then- <laughs> 
minutes. <laughs> it's always a dribble fest. And look, it's one of our pod- favourite podcasts of the year it is, is uh, um, when you jump on Brian and talk draft. And I can tell that it's almost like you're getting a lot off your chest. That's it, mate. I'd like, you know, I'd, I'd like we talk draft a little bit and try and coax people over to it on the uh, on the magic sponge because we do love it, James and I. It's our main main sort of thing, but we definitely do tend to stick to classic a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, it's good to talk draft and and try and tell everyone how good I am. That's it. And like this is the in two, time. In two leagues. In two leagues. Uh, two two leagues. Let's not two talk leagues. about the other ones. Two, yeah, they don't, they don't count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, mate. We'll give the Patreon and the podcast another plug before we get out of here. Yeah, and, guys. Um, Patreon.com slash general physio. Um, as I said, like best casualty ward. I answer questions every week. Um, and yeah, like I, I think the biggest thing is, yeah, like if you if you if you like this kind of pod, like we're probably not as R rated, more family time slot, but we still throw shit at each other. And um, yeah, and we just you're just not it's information you're not gonna get anywhere else. That's probably my biggest selling point for either the potty or the Patreon is that it you, it just doesn't exist. And maybe I'm the only guy stupid enough to put in so much time into this kind of stuff, but it seems like a lot of people get value out of it, and it's just stuff that you you're not, it's going to give you the edge. It's going to give you little things here and there that can get you over the, you know, over the top in trades in, you know, in, in waiver pickups, that kind of thing. So yeah, give it a, give it a listen. Comes out every late Sunday night, early Monday morning for that drive to work on Mondays. It's also a bit of a slow news day. Yeah, it is. It's a slow news day Monday. Not, not a lot of podcasts are coming out that day. It just saves you a lot of trouble going onto websites and checking injuries and checking time frames. It's just it's just your one stop shop. Shop. Just put it in your ears, chuck it in the lug holes on your way to work, and you get all that information in one go, and it's it's done. Yeah, love it, boys. I appreciate your support as always. You're the best, bro. Thanks for coming on as always. You know, we say this a lot, but a good rub down is always easier and more enjoyable with an extra set of hands. So thank you, mate. Even with the spinners. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like it. The the calluses, rough hands, real manly type. I like it. Oh, yeah. That's it, guys. But I, I look forward to our chats all the time. And now I'll just look forward to next preseason when I'm uh, once again telling people to not buy Kalamponga. Yes, we will. Um, we'll, we may listen to you. I don't know. After that, that Dewey call. Let's. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't know about that. It only got me in one league, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> Tell him how you really think, Wooker. Yeah, like, come on, <laughs> this is your chance no, to rip into no, it. Look, it was my fault. It was my fault. I, <laughs> yeah. I was staring lovingly into his eyes, and yeah. oh god, no, that's good. He, he did. He was a good. He was a good first round pick for the first round of the. Oh, wasn't he though? That's, that's all we can say. Oh, God. Thank fuck that wasn't me. I've got enough problems on my hand. Anyway, brother, thanks again, Brian. You're an absolute legend. I love you. Best Don't in the days. Always talk again soon. See you, bro. The Weekly Rub All right, there he is, Brian, a.k.a. the NRL physio. Oh, God, I love it when he comes a, on here. What a man. Seriously. We had to, have a a, man, man, we had to pause man. the podcast. I had to... Go have a cold shower. I'm sure you got that spoon out of the freezer, tapped it on the head because <laughs> lots to think about coming out of that podcast. And what, Positive and negative. Well, yeah, fucking oath for my team. Jesus, I've got heaps to think about. Get the old notepad out. I'm, I'm gonna, I'll am i have the crazy wall set up soon, Wook. 
the oh, red string going the silly from string, one. The silly strings out. Everything. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> hell. But it's the best. And what a time to come on and talk injuries when we're gearing up for finals. That's exactly what we needed. So Giving mate, us the tools to make the right decisions. It's a it's a rub down you could go back and listen to two or three times, I reckon. It's that fucking good. So big shout out to to Brian. Love him. Love him to bits. If you're not on his Patreon, if you're not subscribed to the Patreon, you're an idiot. The information on there is amazing. I've said it a thousand times. But if you are a Patreon subscriber to the NRL Physio and the Rubdown, you are set up for success. That's all you need to win your comp. Just love, just listen to us. And Talk. a little bit of lady luck. Yeah, a little bit of lady luck is, is nice. Yeah, why not? Why not? But um, yeah, and of course, listen to the Magic Sponge podcast every Monday morning. You can't miss that one. That's fantastic, that one. I, I never miss it. Yep. Drops late, late, late. On a Sunday, oh, I'm so, in bed by then. All you have to, all you have to do, get on your Spotify, get on your iTunes, subscribe, so it's they're ready to rock and roll. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Okay, so like I said at the start of the podcast, we've got a lot coming up. So if we do miss some of the normal matchup rubs down, you know that that's because we've got something in the works. We're doing a lot of behind the scenes study to gear you up for something special. Usually it's going to be a strength of schedule podcast to do with the finals and they'll be start dropping and then over the next sort of two, three, four weeks. So exciting times, exciting times, bro. Exciting times. It's the, it's apart from the preseason. Yeah. We've got all sorts of things going on. This is the best time. Yep. This is the best time because you can make the most impact to your season. And what separates you from the other guys in your league is knowledge. What yeah. you know more than them. What are the tools? What are the the nit bits? What are the things that you have in your toolbox? The tools in your toolbox, the, the weapons in your utility belt. In your that, arsenal. That's going to put you above these guys. And something like... The weekly rub down stats lab on the Patreon. That is one of those tools, along with the Patreon over there at the NRL Physio as well. Another weapon. Absolutely bat- necessity in your bat belt. Here. You need everything Absolute in your bat belt, ready to fucking go. So, anyway, that's enough dribble. Let's get out of here, bro. I'm fucked. Peace out. Uh, love you, guys. Gals. India. Catch up!